News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Uh, item we're going to be discussing is actually really, really interesting because it's something that most of you are doing, but none of you are thinking about it. Certainly if you're, if you're like me, most of our intimate health data is now a commodity in the hands of big tech. That is according to Dr. Calva uh, Doherty, who is assistant professor at UCD School of Physiotherapy and a researcher at the SFI Insight Centre for Data Analytics in UCD. Um, good morning to you, Calva. Uh, th- this is really interesting because I hadn't given this any thought and I do wear a Fitbit. Um, so it is mining my data. It, it knows tons of stuff about me. And I kind of thought, is that really a big deal? And then I read your article and now I see that it is. Explain why. Uh, absolutely. And, and thanks for having me on your show. Um, I'd probably take a little bit of a step back and say, uh, like my my core focus of, of my group's research is how wearable technologies like Apple Watches and, as you say, Fitbits and the rest are going to play a bigger role in all aspects of our lives. Now, we've been working in this field for about a decade now, and it's mad how mainstream wearables have become. So not long ago, it was really niche. If you were wearing a first-gen Fitbit, for example, you were a bit of a geek. But based on a recent survey we conducted among the Irish population, more than half of people now own a wearable device. And that number seems to be increasing. They've gone mainstream. Now, as you say, these devices capture a huge amount of data. You strap on a ring or a smartwatch and you can track your workouts, your sleep, your blood oxygen saturation, your body composition your respiratory rate, and more. These data could be incredibly powerful. And it's it's not a stretch to say that they are a portal, not only into how healthy you are now, but how healthy or, for that matter, unhealthy, you are likely to be in the future. Okay, so, so you're saying that the, yeah. the, those, the, those various um, things that, you know, our pulse or, or our weight or whatever we are uploading into these apps and whatever it, it's sort of taking from our daily activity it creates a kind of a risk profile for our mortality, doesn't it? We're not quite there yet, if I'm honest. Um, So we've got more people wearing more devices. And these devices, because of recent technological advances, they measure more things more accurately. And, you know, with recent advances in data analytics and machine learning and artificial intelligence, we have way more powerful techniques to take these data sets and uncover things about human health than we've ever had before. So you could have profiles, as you say, of your disease risk, your your current health, your mortality risk. But we haven't made any major breakthroughs. No one has taken those large data sets from wearable device owners and developed new algorithms or a system that can quantify health or mortality okay. or disease risk yet. You, What I took from your article was that you were saying that what we should be doing is is donating that data so so that, you know, governments can look at populations and plan for the, the health of them for the future in terms of incentivizing them to get fitter or or whatever, or or, or I suppose recognizing the, the, the aging demographic. All all kinds of public health data could be used there. I suspect most people are like, whoa, I don't want big government knowing all my details. But you're saying if we don't do that, it stays instead as a kind of a commodity in the hands of, of tech companies and it could be used one for just profit for them. But also, and this, I suppose, is slightly scary, it could be used in more nefarious ways as well. Yes, absolutely. Now, I'd like to I'd have a, like to have a positive spin on it, because in my view, wearables are going to get better and better. They're going to get more and more accurate. 
And this could be used as a force for good. It could be used, for example, identify those who, because of their behaviors or biometric profiles now, are at an increased risk of cardiovascular, metabolic or neurological disease 10, 20 or 30 years down the line. Now, maybe this could be leveraged to increase your insurance premium or deny you insurance altogether. Or maybe it could be the trigger of a long-term program of prophylaxis where you're contacted by your healthcare provider and empowered to make the necessary lifestyle changes to decrease that risk. So you, what you're basically saying there is, is, is health insurers would be incredibly interested in this kind of data. Isn't that correct? Very much so. And we already know from, there was a recent scandal with the UK Biobank, which initially in their sort of when they were setting out their, their terms and conditions, they said that they would never give their data, which included genetic material, blood samples, and yes, wearable device data to insurance companies. And they kind of railed back on that very recently. And they railed back on it because the data is incredibly valuable for insurance companies because of that window that it gives them into a person's disease risk. Yeah, and I suspect when people are, are, you know, out for a walk and their Fitbit or their Apple Watch or or their Garmin or whatever they're wearing is is tracking them on, on their wrist, that they're never thinking that that little set of, of, of blips in their in their watch could ever be used to do something like hike an insurance premium or, or those types of things. But potentially that's where we're moving in terms of technology, isn't it? It is potentially, but that's why privacy policies and terms of use are so important. Mm. Now, I know we we are all subject to consent fatigue. The number of sort of um, forms that we're bombarded with online, you know, Apple, Google and Facebook, they're all, you know, monitoring oh, our online surfing behaviors but when it comes to health the data is of a different order so at the moment i would say that the onus is very much on the user to check whether the device that they're wearing in the terms and conditions and the end user license agreement whether data can oh, be yeah. shared with third parties and that's the main takeaway i would say Absolutely. because some companies are good and others not so much Look, thank you very much for highlighting that with us this morning. It's definitely food for thought. That is Dr. Calva Doherty there, Assistant Professor at the UCD School of Physiotherapy and Researcher at the SFI Insight Centre for Data Analytics in UCD. Let us know what you think. Do you ever think twice about uh, the stuff that's going on on your wrist when it's when it's monitoring those things? What might happen down the line with that data? What would you like to see happen? It could be used for good. It could be used to plan, you know, population health-based things, although I think there's a big mistrust of that too. But what do you think? Uh, there's a value in this and I'd say you'd be horrified to think that your health insurer would know all this stuff. 87 106 is the WhatsApp. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.